This is Stories with a Voice, a podcast focused on spreading understanding and compassion about serious topics. This season is called Students of Struggle, a series of interviews with college students and affiliates about their personal experiences with suicide. The goal of sharing these stories is to increase hope and empathy. The following episode includes a discussion about suicide, anxiety, depression, and feelings of hopelessness, which may be triggering for some. Safety always comes first. If you or someone you know is not safe and needs help, please reach out and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is available 24 hours a day at 1-800-273-8255. The views and opinions of this podcast do not represent any organization and are solely the opinions of the participants. I'm your host, Virginia Henry. For this interview, I sat down with a college student who preferred to remain anonymous. They shared with me their story. What brings you hope? Obviously the gospel is a bedrock. Um, friends make a, make, make a big difference in, in my life. I, uh, I don't know, I, I enjoy, you know, come back at school, friends, we're hanging out together. On the flip side of that, what makes you feel hopeless? Oh, these are deep questions. I know. Um, not knowing what to do. <laughs> I, I think that's the times that I feel the most hopeless is when I have big decisions to make or, or things I need to do in life and I don't know what to do. And I'm trying to find answers, but I can't seem to get anything. That, that makes me feel a little hopeless. So... A little bit lost, yeah. in a sense. I don't know which direction to take. Well, it's like if, if you know where your life is going and you know what path you're going to go for, you know what you're shooting for, you know, life isn't too bad. I mean, things will come up, you know, whatever. But but as long as you've got a direction, you can manage it. But if you don't have a direction, if you don't know what career you want to go into or who you want to marry, you don't know where you're going to live, you don't know any of that kind of stuff, I feel like that can give you, you there's nothing to shoot for, you know. And so sometimes you kind of... When something comes up, you don't know how to get around it to go to where you're going because you don't know where you're going. You don't know whether to take that or to move it out to the side, you know? So, I don't know. To me, that's, that's I don't know. Maybe someone else says something else, but... It doesn't matter. That's, that's I mean, fine. this is all about uh, personal perspectives, yeah. right? And yeah. I'm sure a lot of people probably feel the same way more than you know. Yeah. A lot of times when we get in that state of hopelessness, sometimes it can lead to dark places. So I just want to ask you if you know anybody or if you personally have ever experienced thoughts of ending your life or that someone else wanting yeah. to end theirs. Well, obviously the answer is yes. <laughs> friends, for sure. I had, had several friends um, and a sister. But... For me personally, I mean, I, I think it's normal for people to be depressed at times. Like sometimes I, you know, as a psychology major, you know, we learn about like clinical depression and that kind of stuff. And sometimes, not not to discount people who who have that, but like it's not unnormal to be depressed at times. You know, 
to, to have bad times in our life where we just feel a little hopeless, feel a little lost. I, I think that's a normal thing that everyone has. And so sometimes I wonder if, if, if we get a little too, too scared about that. Mm. Like, oh, this is, this is normal. Like, I shouldn't be depressed like this. Like, that's totally, like, it's, it's not a good thing, obviously, and it's not enjoyable, but it's not unnormal. And so, yeah, I've been depressed at times. Mission, I think, I think everyone at some point in their mission has a little bit of a bout of depression. Um, uh, college, like I said, college can be a little hard because I, uh, you know, there's points where I didn't know where I wanted to go and you're trying to find friends and, you know, you can have some tough times, but in general, I don't think I've ever, like, thought to end my life or to ever, to ever go there just because I always had good friends. I said, I, I also had personal experiences with it with other friends who, who did complete suicide or, or, you know, like my sister. And so to me, that's just not an avenue. I've seen the other side of that. Would you be willing to share that experience? Well, honestly, my, my sister is the closest one. It was actually, it was actually a terrible uh, kind of timing because it was actually Thanksgiving Day. Um, I'd just gotten back, just gotten back from a mission in October. Yeah, October 10th or so. And uh, she lived down in Arizona, so we never, you know, she couldn't come up to see me when I got back from my mission. I don't know, I'd only been home for two weeks. I was the only one home. And the phone rings, so I answer it, and it was her. I was like, oh, talking with her, and she's like, Rico, I didn't know you were back. I was like, yeah, you know, how's your mission? And, and uh, I mean, chatting for, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes. Probably the longest I'd talked to, I mean, obviously it'd been two years since I talked with her on the mission. And uh, yeah, good conversation. She's looking for my parents, like they're not home, and then we hung up. And then just a few weeks after that, Thanksgiving Day, we had a bunch of the family home. She wasn't there. Everyone else in the family was all there. And we got a phone call from her fiance saying she'd been missing for two days. And so we're kind of getting worried, like, okay. And he's like, I called the police, and I don't, you know, to go out and look for her. Like, she's ran away a few times, but it's never been this long. And I'm like, okay. And so we're just kind of, kind of gave us a little bit of a scare. I don't know, it was probably like eight o'clock at night on Thanksgiving day. We're just kind of waiting to figure out from the police. And then it was only, I don't know, maybe an hour later police call us back and they're like yeah we found her she's down by the river got next to her and that was hard because that was you know as a child I'd always you always have dreams of yourself you know like falling and you know dying as soon as you hit the ground you wake up or or uh I'd, I'd have dreams on occasion of you know simply dying and you wake up from that nightmare and it was kind of like a nightmare come true you know and that was, that was hard. It was a, yeah, that was really, really hard. We'd actually, we'd just had our house burned down the year before completely. And so we were in a, a kind of house that the bishop's dad had for the time being while we were re rebuilding our, our old house. And uh, so it was, like, it was like a double whammy, lose everything in a fire. And then that on top of it, on Thanksgiving Day, um, kind of the irony of it. But, uh, and I, I think the part that bothered me most is I never got to see her after I came back from a mission. You know, the first time I saw her was at the funeral.
you know, so. Yeah, definitely, definitely not, not the best phone call. <laughs> but, yeah. Would you be willing to share some of kind of what was going through your mind? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, what, of it was I couldn't believe this was happening, right? And then, you know, when, once you get there, they're in the coffin. I mean, it's, you know, they don't look the same either. They look very different. But I, I, I think for me, you know, it was, it was, I, you know, it, it's hard to know what to feel. You know, you, you have grief, you, you have disbelief, you have, there's so many things going through your mind and, uh, you know, it happens so fast, you, you don't even know if this is real. Is this a dream? Is this not? And, you know, and, uh, you know, you have your, I, I have, uh, there's 12 of us in my family, big family, right? So all of them came for the funeral, all of them around. All, my oldest sister probably took it the hardest. But I think for me, although I, 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 I definitely did struggle with it, as I think we all did, the gospel did give me a lot of hope. You know, I'd just been on the mission for two years, so I'd, I'd talk with people all, all, the, the, all the time about the plant salvation and, and, and about how we'll see each other again, and it's not the end. And uh, I, 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 I just I knew it was true. And so in my mind, it, it was like I, I could never be too sad because I knew I'd see her again. I know I will still see her again. And also, I, I remember at the funeral, I, I was supposed to give the prayer. I, I uh, had this prompting before I gave the prayer to share an experience at the funeral, and that was the phone call. Because in my mind, I kept going back. It's like, you know what, though? The Lord at least gave me that little tender mercy. Like, I at least got to talk with her a few weeks before it happened for like 20 minutes. It's probably the longest conversation we'd had in years. You know, she'd kind of grown distant, done her own thing, and of course, I'd be on the mission, and so we had that whole time gap. I, I'm just grateful for that moment that I was able to, to talk with her for on the phone call before that happened. And so in my mind, that was, to me, that was like God's sign to me that like, you know, I'm, I'm watching out for you. I know, I, I know what you're, what's about to happen. I know what you're going through and that, that helped a lot. Yeah, grief, sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that one thing that they talk about a lot in suicide prevention training mm. is that you're not responsible for the things you didn't know yeah oh yeah yeah that's that's a big one i mean my i we actually so there's three of us on the mission at the same time us three brothers were out all together at the same time which is kind of cool not triplets not triplets okay they they were twins i wasn't the non-twin okay so <laughs> non -twin. Um, <laughs> but they're all three of us together at the same time and and uh, you know she'd fallen away from the church, and and so we'd we'd email back and forth with each other. And my one brother had this idea. He's like, hey, we should like email her and just kind of, you know, just check up with her and and do that. And uh, you know, you're busy Mondays. I I hated doing emails. I'm not a huge texter typer. Sounds like a lot of the elders I knew on the mission. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, did just, you email your mom? Yeah. Oh, no. You know, I got a few sentences. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so. I don't know. I uh, I never did email her. I, I think he might have sent an email. My other brother and his twin might have sent one too. But 
but I never did. And so sure, it, you know, you think in the past, you think, oh, yeah, I should have done this, or I, or I could have done this, or how come I didn't know that this was happening? But in, in my mind, that doesn't help you at all, right? If, if you dwell on that, how is it going to change anything? What's happened has happened, and there's no amount of dwelling on it or, or thinking about, well, I could have done this or I should have done this. That's going to change it. And really, at the end of the day, I mean, if someone chooses to go that route, I mean, you, you really can't be responsible for that. Depend, you know, you don't know what mental state they're in or what they're going through their life. But, like, all, all that does is lead to more suicides, right? Because if you take that guilt upon yourself, that makes it hard to live your life. And, and, and knowing my sister, there's, she didn't want any of us to be, I know she wouldn't have wanted any of us to be, uh, to take that type of grief or responsibility. All you can do is just take some, some things from the past and be like, okay, let me learn some things and just apply that for the future. Just partly, partly why I, I think I'm here today is because, I mean, I've <laughs> suicide. It's an interesting thing. It's not. It's not a a, a club you want to be a part of. You know, it just kind of chooses you, and uh, and I, I I think it's important to help other people know things like that. I mean, just what was it a year ago? Um, I was living in an apartment complex, and. Uh, we had a kid in our ward commit suicide, and that's right. It was just about a year ago. Yeah, was it up here? Yeah, it was up here in, mm -hmm. in, in uh, Heritage. That was difficult, obviously for the ward, for his roommates, and Bishop was awesome. Bishop was incredible. He had whole meetings together as a ward, and we talked about it. He had a whole, uh, counselor he had from the school come that's in, awesome. and 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 be there for people. I think he handled it really well, but. The, the unfortunate part of it is I think the reason he handled it so well is because his son had committed suicide just about nine or, or, or ten months before that. He was about to go on his mission, and I don't know if it was the day before, the night before, somewhere around there, before they are supposed to drop him off at the MTC. Me and Bishop sat down and talked together, and because you know, I had experience, he'd had experience, and just kind of vented to each other about you know, what it's like. And be, I think for sure you you can't take the guilt on yourself. That was a hard struggle for for our bishop, I know, because him. I feel like you know, with my sister, it's you know, I'm a sibling, and and and, and so and I was on a mission. There's some distance there, but but for him as a parent to a son. You know, that'd be so much more harder because you'd be thinking, what did I do wrong? Was I not a good parent? Not listening enough? Was, you know, was I... But I think in our conversation, we both conclude the same thing. You just, you can't go that route, you know? It doesn't lead anywhere. Yeah, it, do, right? it doesn't lead anywhere. It's not It's not helpful. It's Honestly, I don't think it's a, It's what even the people who, who, who've passed on, I don't think it's what they'd want either, honestly, so. What has helped you to be able to go through that acceptance process and cope and be able to have the strength to not spiral into that trail of guilt, essentially. Mm. The plan of salvation, obviously, is a big core to that. And like I said, just, just coming off the mission and testifying for 
years about it to other people, I think, you know, really rooted that deep. Some people, you, you go through and you talk about it, but when that moment comes to you, it can be really hard to be like, okay, this is, I have to like take this plan of salvation and like, this has become suddenly very real to me and, and they kind of wrestle with themselves. But for whatever reason, I, I, I didn't struggle with that as much. I, I, I really did believe it. And so that, that honestly helped a lot. I don't think I ever truly kind of went to a depression or, or, or despair because of that. And, and it's, it's not just like a, a story that sounds nice. Like I truly believe that that is real. And so it's not as sad as it could be unless you, you had that. And obviously friends, there's some good friends that is able to talk to about it. Siblings, we talk with each other about it. Having that moment with the bishop where we could both kind of talk about it together was, was very helpful. And I, I think that maybe is, is probably a big key for people who have been affected by it is then having them be able to talk with other people. You know, as a psychology major, you know, you learn a lot with counseling and, and mental health and that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, it, it has this stigma that, like, if you talk with people about things, you're weak. That's just the way, you know, you just, when you go through difficult times, you need someone there to talk to. And that's, that's just, it's just the facts. You know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a counselor, I don't think. I never necessarily went to a professional counselor, but but having friends or family or a bishop or, or something like that who's willing to listen, I think is very useful, very helpful. I, I understand there's some people who never want to go to a counselor. They have a big aversion to counselors <laughs> and psychologists, and that's totally fine with me. I mean, I understand that. But my advice was would be at least talk to someone, someone, your parent, someone you trust, even if your friend, one of the one of the biggest aversions to someone taking their own life is having safe connections with other people. Like isolation is exactly what you don't want right. to do. And so you're completely right in saying that talking with somebody about that and finding, you know, strength in each other helps so much. It can prevent more than it would lead to more. Yeah. How has that, or has that experience changed you in any way? Well, I'm mostly more aware of it, right? Signs of it and, and some of those things. It's partly, partly why I went to the, the little mental aid, for, or health first aid thing here at Madison. It was just, a, just trying to get more information about it because, you know, it, it, it sucks to go through. And uh, if you can prevent it, I mean, that's... That's that's a big thing. I mean, although I don't think I, I've never been to the point of contemplating ending my life, there have been moments in my life where I'm like, I just wish someone would talk to me. I just wish someone would say hi. You know, or I wish I I just had one friend. I I think we underestimate how big of a difference or impact those little things have. We talk a lot about ministering in the church recently. I don't know if we quite caught the vision yet um, <laughs> of, of of what ministering can be, but uh, and, and and sometimes I wonder if we're, we we kind of just pigeonhole it to just people who were assigned to that we can only be there for people or talk about gospel things with people who were assigned to do that. But there, there's a good friend in a, in a ward 
I lived in, and he's incredible. He would talk with everyone. He'd know everyone's names in the ward. He'd be like, he'd be involved with everyone. And, and granted, he's just a really social guy, and mm-hmm. some people just don't have that type of personality. But I was always amazed. You know, you walk with him around campus, and everyone says hi, 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 hi. That's you how know? I am with McKinley. Yeah. I walk anywhere with McKinley. Like, McKinley. McKin- I'm like, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know everyone. It's, it's incredible. What the heck? Well, social firefighter. <laughs> but you know, I, I don't think people realize how much that means. Um, I had a roommate once. I don't know if he was to the point of contemplating suicide. If not, he was close. Struggling with grades. This was the third university he'd gone to. You know, and I think he struggled with ADD and just uh, a few other things. Depression, for sure. You know, I was his roommate. And, you know, at the beginning, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, he was super into, like, comic heroes. And, you know, there's just not my type of personality. We're kind of probably pretty different. And, you know, when you first get there at the beginning of the semester, you're like, ah, I have to room with him. Okay, whatever, I'll do it. But, uh, you know, you end up being a really great guy. And got to know each other and, and there were several times that we'd talk late into the night about some things about he was struggling with his testimony of the gospel too so conversations about that and I said I, I, I think he was struggling with direction in his life didn't know mm-hmm. third university didn't know what he was going to do didn't you know if he liked his major didn't really have a lot of friends and and his testimony struggling because he'd, he'd been inactive for a while and he's just kind of getting back into it and just didn't quite know where to go and we had some great conversations, and his only just last semester he called me up, and I don't know, it's been a year or so since we talked, and he's like, "Hey, I'm looking for a job, and uh, I know you." He's like, "I'm looking for this sales job, and I know you've done some sales jobs before. Like, can you give me some just advice on it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I can give you some advice." And and then he had a moment where he's like, "You know, I I just have to tell you, I I would not be where I am right now if it wasn't for you." He's he's like, "I." I, uh, you know, I met my old university again, getting back on track, I'm getting a job, like things are, are starting to go well, and I, I, I'm really grateful that you took time to listen to me and to, to help me out. And I didn't realize that I'd make that, made that big of impact on his life. I mean, it's just late at night, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, just in the room listening to him and, you know, listening to some of his frustrations and complaints and, and uh, helping him out and but I didn't I didn't realize it made that big of a difference and so part of me wonders if if we do realize how much stuff like that really does mean to people and how it can impact them I know it's definitely changed my life in instances where people just you know a sister at general conference, we were watching the women's session put her arm around me, and I was just like, oh, you know, <laughs> thank you. I mean, but I was really struggling in that moment, and her showing that genuine love kind of opened my heart a little bit more. Again, I think we can be as kind and, you know, a listening ear as we want, but we do have to remember that the ultimate decision is up to the individual. Yeah. But for me to be that that person for somebody else maybe that was for you or to be able to be that great help to someone else like you were for your roommate it just brings you so much joy to know that you that you help somebody in that way in a way it makes me think that 
although what happened with my sister happened, it doesn't mean I can't help other people who are struggling the same thing. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of opportunities out there, unfortunately, today to help people who, who are contemplating that path. Yeah, I mean, it's being a good friend, listening to people is so underrated. <laughs> it's, it, it's important, it really is. Sometimes I wonder if we're, we're too afraid to, to bother people or too afraid to, you know, maybe he wants to stay in his room and he doesn't, you know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna uh, you know, make him do something he doesn't want to do. And so we're too afraid to, to do stuff like that because we're trying to respect them when deep down we all know what's good for us and for other people. I know I've definitely been there where I've just been praying, please, I just just have someone randomly stop by my apartment Mm. and talk to me, I think, in those moments from being the person on the opposite side who's like, no, I just want to be alone. It shows that someone cares instead of just buying the whole, I'm fine thing. Yeah, if you're like, I'm fine, and they're like, oh, okay, and they just walk away, you're like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not actually fine. Uh, No, I'm not fine. (laughs) And being able to perceive that in others and and be persistent enough to say, well, you don't seem fine. So do you want to talk about it or do you just want me to sit next to you because I'm not leaving? Yeah. I mean, maybe you don't have to be that persistent, (laughs) but I think that is what people really need is just to feel cared about. And yeah, when sure. someone feels like they're loved and they mean something, then it can give them the motivation and desire to keep going. Is there anything else that you would like to share for people who listen to this? There's probably some people who give better advice than me. Like I said, it's kind of thrown upon you, and so it's not like you're a professional at it or, or have training in it. It just kind of happens to you. And so... From my perspective, that's what's helped me, but it, someone else, it could be completely different. Well, I'm but. sure that your perspective will help somebody. And yeah, that's the, the purpose of sharing these stories. They're all different, all of them. Yeah. But somebody's going to connect with a, an aspect, and hopefully that will be another way that you can help somebody else. Yeah. Thank you. I'd like to thank the college student who is willing to talk about the tough subject of suicide and the impact it's had on their life. I'm your host, Virginia Henry. This is Students of Struggle, the first season of Stories with a Voice, a podcast focused on spreading understanding and compassion about serious topics. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not represent any organization and are solely the opinions of the participants. If you or someone you know is struggling and needs help, please reach out and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is available 24 hours a day at 1-800-273-8255. Thanks for listening to Stories with a Voice. Tune in each week for new episodes.